Good evening. Our top story tonight, Aaron Rodgers is set to return in 2024. Aaron Rodgers officially will not be playing this season. He is still a couple of weeks away from being 100%. Says he's not going to push it, but he was so close. Just ask him. We've also got injury updates across the NFL. Plenty of injuries to be following as you prepare for this fantasy football semifinal and eventually the fantasy football championship. Best of luck to all of you with teams still out there. We are rooting for you. And we've got playoff updates as well and much, much more on player profiling today. And so we are back. And unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers is not. Aaron Rodgers says he is still three to four weeks away from being 100% healthy. He will not play this season. He will not play this week. He will not be activated from injured reserve. We have seen the last of Aaron Rodgers practicing with the New York Jets. We have seen the last of Aaron Rodgers for 2024. And it's a shame the media hype around Aaron Rodgers' return was a lot of fun. But isn't it just so funny that the guy, Aaron Rodgers, the character that he is, after all is said and done, after he was going to be the one to re remake the boundaries of medical science, it was all going to be all Aaron Rodgers with his dolphin mating, healing, rejuvenation powers. And all of that jazz that Aaron Rodgers went through throughout the season. What a shame that it's not actually going to work out. It's almost like it never was going to work out, but I didn't say that. Either way, Aaron Rodgers will not be back this year. He was so close, though. He was so close. But he's just not going to work out. It's just not going to work out. Three, three to four weeks, well, that's the end of the season. But he was so close, though. So anyways, with the New York Jets, Zach Wilson suffered a head injury. We will have an update on Zach Wilson tomorrow once we find out whether or not he practiced. Obviously, it is a Tuesday, and on Tuesdays, most NFL teams do not practice except for those playing on Thursday night football. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. But before we get to that, before we get to all the news around the NFL, the updates, reactions from Monday night football, We've got a word from the pod father. DFS getting harder every year, but we're here to make it easier with the DFS Dominator because I know a lot of optimizers keep coming out. Oh, our optimizer. What about this optimizer? But that optimizer. Well, we have a cash game optimizer that leverages the projections from Dario, Billy, the award-winning projections at playerprofiler.com and builds the best lineups for cash games that have both upside and and stability because that's what you want it's a couple clicks boom 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 you get the best possible lineup for your cash games but for tournaments traditional optimizers don't work that's why we have a lineup genius which takes you through the process of building lineups the way they should be built which quarterbacks do you want to be overweight on then building stacks then setting runbacks then optimizing and generating up to 150 lineups that you can easily import into DraftKings, into FanDuel. That's the DFS Dominator. It's only $45 a year. Not, not a week. A, a year. A year. Just go to Player Profiler, click on the DFS Dominator from the menu, and you won't be sorry. 
Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team, this is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. Absolutely love the Dynasty Dominator, the DFS Dominator. You can get it all with the all-in package, but we also can get them individually. All-in package gives you access to everything that I have access to. Dynasty Dominator, Dynasty Deluxe Package, obviously gives you the Dynasty Rankings and... Could there be a shift in the dynasty rankings of Drew Locke? Drew Locke comes out and gets a win for the Seattle Seahawks. W number one for Seattle with Drew Locke as their quarterback. Geno Smith misses the game, has a groin injury, and they do expect Geno Smith to return next week. They do expect Geno Smith to be the starting quarterback once again, but it was a nice night for Drew Locke. It was very much the Geno Smith they wrote me off, but I didn't write back very much that game for Drew Locke. He just seemed so happy out there. And Drew Locke disappointed after the game. He went to go find Jalen Hurts, go shake his hand. Must have been sick is what Drew Locke chucked it up to. Just being good spirited about it. Jalen Hurts did have a flu game. We'll get to that in a moment. But for the rest of the team, for the rest of the Seattle Seahawks, Tyler Lockett, three receptions, 21 yards, led the team with eight targets, just 21 yards, just not a really effective passing game for Drew Locke. 208 yards, 66.7% completion is good. 208 yards is not great, but fine enough. And especially the game-winning touchdown to Jackson Smith and Jigba. That was beautiful. JSN catches all four of his targets, 48 yards and a touchdown. DK Metcalf, 78 yards on his five receptions. Five of six were caught by DK Metcalf. But the real story, of the game, aside from Drew Locke getting a W. Congratulations again to him. How do you not like Drew Locke? I know I'm talking too much about Drew Locke, but how do you not love the guy? I mean, he is just so fun. Just seems like a good time to have around an NFL locker room. I'm not saying you should be a starter. I'm just saying that these good energy, nice guy backups, you got to root for him. It's the year of the backup after all. But we do have a clear starting running back for the Seattle Seahawks, both Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. Play both are healthy. 56% of the snaps go to Kenneth Walker, 44% to Zach Charbonnet, but it is all Kenneth Walker on the ground. 19 carries to four Kenneth Walker versus Zach Charbonnet, 86 yards and a touchdown from KW3. Whereas on the four carries for Zach Charbonnet, 16 yards, 4.0 yards per carry. That's fine. But Kenneth Walker, four and a half yards per carry. So he's more efficient on the ground. And he's more efficient as a receiver, too, despite the fact that Zach Charbonnet is the passing down back. 20 snaps or 20 routes run, sorry, to 14 
Zach Charbonnet is the guy that they prefer in the passing game, except for he's not as good as Kenneth Walker in this one in the passing game. Walker catches all three of his targets, 26 yards. Zach Charbonnet, 0 for 2. Zach Charbonnet is a good running back, a solid running back. And when Kenneth Walker is not in the lineup, I am absolutely starting Zach Charbonnet. But Kenneth Walker is just clearly a better player than Zach Charbonnet. Sorry, it is what it is. But here we are, 106 yards and a touchdown from Kenneth Walker on 22 touches. Zach Charbonnet, four touches, six opportunities, four touches, 16 yards. This is Kenneth Walker's backfield. And this is Jalen Hurts' team. Ride or die with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, very efficient on the ground. 82 yards on eight carries, two touchdowns. It looked like the flu was not going to hold Jalen Hurts back early in the game. Ran all over the Seahawks on the first drive. And then he started to have to pass. 55% completion, 143 yards, two interceptions from Jalen Hurts. Just not his day. A.J. Brown leads the team with 56 yards on five grabs. Devontae Smith, five for 50. Though, Five targets for Devontae Smith, nine targets for A.J. Brown. Dallas Goddard is actually the wide receiver, too, in this one. Eight targets, only catches four for 30 yards. But it was just that day from the passing game of the Philadelphia Eagles. DeAndre Swift, the clear guy on the ground. There was one point where the commentators, I can't remember if it was Aikman or Buck, but they were flirting with the idea, oh, could Kenneth Gainwell, could he be getting some run? Is DeAndre Swift breaking down? And, of course, no, DeAndre Swift. Not breaking down. 74 yards on 18 carries. 4.1 yards per carry. That's fine. DeAndre Swift, usually more explosive than that. But the Seahawks are a solid defense. A defense that did bench Jamal Adams, by the way. Jamal Adams, a healthy scratch. The former two first-round picks traded for Jamal Adams. Healthy scratch. And so he doesn't show up to the game. He just leaves. He goes home. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. But anyways... The Seahawks defense holds DeAndre Swift 74 yards, 4.1 yards per carry, catches both of his tar- or two of his three targets, one reset, one yard. But this is not a threat from Kenneth Gainwell. 41% of the snaps, 0 for 1 receiving, 6 carries, 21 yards. That's 3.5 yards per carry. DeAndre Swift is just better than Kenneth Gainwell. It is what it is. But with the Eagles losing this matchup, things have changed in the NFC. The 49ers can now clinch the number one seed in the NFC. All it will take is a win by the 49ers, plus an Eagles loss, plus a Cowboys loss, plus a Lions loss. But after one week of the Dallas Cowboys being the top seed in the NFC, everything has changed because the Cowboys lose as well. The Eagles lose, though both do clinch playoffs due to other teams around them losing. Eagles are in the playoffs. Cowboys are in the playoffs but the 49ers are clearly the one seed and the Lions control their own destiny now to be the two seed in the NFC. If the Detroit Lions win out, if they win three games in a row, which is going to be tough, two games against the Minnesota Vikings, division rivals, one game against the Dallas Cowboys. But if the Lions win all three of those, they will be the number two seed in the NFC. It won't matter what the Eagles do. It won't matter what the Cowboys do. Because obviously, if the Lions beat the Cowboys next week, then they're going to be ahead of them. And due to tiebreakers, the fact that they are 4-1, and one, I believe, in the NFC, and they would improve that record, whereas the Eagles have two losses in the NFC, that would give the edge to the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions could very well be the two seed. But for now, 
it's still open. And for now, the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Eagles are the three teams to clinch playoffs in the NFC. The Lions will clinch playoffs this coming weekend if they beat the Minnesota Vikings or if the Rams lose and the Seahawks lose. So the Lions don't have to win to clinch playoffs this week. Rams lost, Seahawks lost, Lions are in the playoffs. But if they do beat the Minnesota Vikings, they are also going to be the NFC North champions. The Detroit Lions just need one game over the next three weeks to be the NFC North champion. Or the Lions, or sorry, the Vikings just need to lose one of their next three Looks like the Detroit Lions are going to beat the Vikings this weekend and become the NFC North champions. I am so excited. But even if there's a tie, there's a tie. Lions are the ones to win the NFC North. So the Lions are this close to clinching in the NFC. And outside of that, it is just wide open. NFC South, wide open. After the Falcons lose to the Carolina Panthers, the Saints and the Saints, Falcons and... Bucks, Bucks. Baker Mayfield had a great game, but they're all competing there in the NFC. But over in the AFC, so far it's just the Ravens who have clinched playoffs. They can clinch the AFC North if they win and the Browns lose or the Browns tie, or Ravens tie, Browns lose. Ravens are AFC North champions. The Browns still have a small window where they can pass the Ravens to be the AFC North champions. Unlikely but possible. And speaking of the Browns, they can clinch playoffs if they win this week. And there's a combination of three of the Steelers, the Bengals, the Broncos, the Bills, and the Colts losing. It's also some scenarios where the Browns want the Colts to win. So then they clinch. Same with the Dolphins. There's some scenarios where the Dolphins winning and the Browns winning and some other losses. Browns can clinch. It is very unlikely that the Browns will clinch playoffs this week, but it does look like the Browns are headed to the playoffs very well could end up being that number five seed top AFC team who isn't the winner of their division. Other teams that can clinch in the AFC Dolphins can clinch playoffs with a win or a tie plus a Jaguars loss or a tie by the Dolphins plus two of the Texans, Colts, Browns, and Bengals losing sends the Miami Dolphins to the playoffs and the Dolphins can win the AFC East if they win and the Bills lose or tie, or if the Dolphins tie and the Bills lose, Dolphins, AFC East champions. So with three games to go, the Ravens can clinch the AFC North. The Dolphins can clinch the AFC East. The Lions can clinch the NFC North. The 49ers have already clinched the NFC West. A lot of divisions already being wrapped up at this point in the season. The Chiefs can clinch a playoff berth with a win or a tie and a Broncos loss. So Chiefs win and they are in the playoffs. Still haven't clinched the AFC West. Surprised they haven't yet because the rest of the division is terrible, but Broncos, I guess, rebounded slightly. So that's probably part of why it's still open. But Chiefs win and they are in. And as for the AFC South, now the AFC South is a three-way tie at eight and six. Jaguars, Texans, and Colts. Who's going to be the AFC South champion? The Jaguars have to play at the Bucks versus the Panthers and at the Titans. All very winnable games for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but the Tennessee Titans are a divisional opponent and Baker Mayfield's playing very well. The Texans face the Cleveland Browns. That's going to be a tough matchup. They're going to be hoping CJ Shroud is back for that one. Then the Texans play the Titans, another divisional matchup, and then they face the Colts in Indianapolis in that final week of the season. That could end up being 
for the AFC South Championship. Colts, by the way, face at the Atlanta Falcons versus the Raiders, then versus the Texans. So all very winnable games for all three of these teams. The Jaguars could win out. One of the Texans or Colts could win out. Obviously, they both can't when they play each other. But it is a wide open playoff in so many regards, but also so many divisions, so many plate teams about to clinch. It's an exciting time. It really is. As for the rest of the NFL, the teams that are not in playoff contention, it's going to be interesting. Commanders and Jets play each other this coming weekend. Commanders four and 10, Jets five and nine. But if the Commanders win and they have the same record, then the Commanders are going to be ahead of the Jets in the draft order or Commanders lose and the Jets are still up there. Cardinals and Bears, three and 11 versus five and nine, also pivotal to our draft position. Right now, we've got the Bears picking one, thanks to the Carolina Panthers, but that's even up for dispute now. The Panthers beating the Falcons, Panthers and Patriots still competing to be first overall. We thought that competition was over, but it is back. Patriots, by the way, our second overall pick right now. Cardinals are the third. Bucks are, oh, sorry, not the Bucks. Commanders are the fourth. Bears are the fifth. Jets and Giants are seventh and sixth. So that's how things are going in the playoffs. That's how things are going for the draft order. And now, how are things going for the injury report? Well, New Orleans Saints, Los Angeles Rams play on Thursday night football. Chris Olave doesn't practice on Monday. And obviously, there's not an actual practice on Monday, but it's a walkthrough. It's an estimated practice report. Chris Olave estimated did not practice yesterday was limited today. And so it's starting to look like Chris Lave may make his return after not practicing at all last week, thanks to the ankle injury, missed this past game for the New Orleans Saints. Looks like he could return on Thursday night football, depending on how things go tomorrow. We'll give you an update then. And looks like the Rams are going to have Tutu Atwell back. He clears concussion protocol, missed this past week. Looks like Tutu is going to be back for the Rams. And Ronnie Rivers, remember that name? He was everyone's Waiver wire darling for a period of time because they cut Cam Akers and uh, there had to be a backup to Kyron Williams. And then Ronnie Rivers ends up going down, ends up spending a bunch of time on injured reserve. Well, he is back. His 21-day practice window is open. Don't expect him to play on Thursday, but Ronnie Rivers going to return in short order. Going to be back for that playoff run by the Rams. Other news and updates around the NFL. Some bad news, some really, truly terrible news. Keaton Mitchell has seen his season come to an end. Keaton Mitchell, Baltimore Ravens running back, who was just so electric, was leading the NFL in yards per carry. Obviously, you saw all the stats. It's Jameer Gibbs. He's the leader in yards per carry. Keaton Mitchell didn't have enough carries to qualify. But Keaton Mitchell was so, so electric in his short time with the Baltimore Ravens. We wish him a speedy recovery. The NFL is better with players like Keaton Mitchell in it. Just so electric, so fun, so exciting to watch. We wish him a speedy recovery. And so the Baltimore Ravens turn to Melvin Gordon, sign him to the active roster from the practice squad. Remember, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill are the top two backs. So expect Gus Edwards to keep his role. He's still the grinder, the guy who's going to get the touchdowns. Justice Hill going to probably take a little bit more of a role in the passing game and in the running game. That was starting to be taken away just a little bit. Justice Hill was still playing a lot of snaps, but Keaton Mitchell was starting to take away from that. Melvin Gordon, just kind of the third guy that's there. Maybe he gets like three, six touches a game. Some games he'll get zero touches. Not a mat. doesn't matter for fantasy football, but that's just how they are playing it. And Jake Funk is signed to the practice squad of the Baltimore Ravens. Other 
news and updates around the NFL. Zay Jones looks like he is going to be done for the rest of the season. Suffered a bad hamstring injury. They're calling it like a looked like a bad hamstring injury. We'll see what the severity is, but looks like his at least regular season is probably done for Zay Jones. Zay Jones has battled through a knee injury all season long, missed plenty of time. Now he's got the hamstring. Doesn't look like Zay Jones is going to be playing from the Jaguars. And we'll see if Trevor Lawrence is their quarterback this coming weekend. We said it was a very winnable game for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but Trevor Lawrence is in concussion protocol. EJ Perry signed to the practice squad. Formerly, that was Nathan Rourke. Nathan Rourke signs with New England Patriots after the Patriots lose Will Greer. Will Greer was on the Patriots practice squad. He signs with the Los Angeles Chargers now that Justin Herbert's done for the year. And so Chargers get Will Greer. Patriots have to replace Will Greer. And so they go out and get Nathan Rourke, who we all remember from that beautiful play in the preseason. And so the Jaguars go out and add EJ Perry to the practice squad. CJ Beathard, remember, is quarterback number two if Trevor Lawrence is to miss. Will Will Levis could end up missing some time. He suffered a high ankle sprain, though. With quarterbacks, clearly not a four-week injury because Trevor Lawrence just played right through his high ankle sprain. We'll see what happens for Will Levis. Was a fear that it could have been worse, but Will Levis, just a high ankle sprain. Wish him a speedy recovery. We'll see if he ends up playing this weekend. Don't expect Jamar Chase to play for the fantasy football semifinals. He suffered a shoulder injury, a separated shoulder, which is a severe sprain of the AC joint. Though the Bengals haven't officially ruled him out, I would not expect Jamar Chase to play through this type of injury. For all intents and purposes, his fantasy football season is done. Expect him to miss this week. Do not expect him to be back for the fantasy football championship, even if the Bengals are pretending it's possible. We also saw injuries to Sky Moore. He is done for the year for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is out, placed on season-ending injured reserve. And it doesn't sound like they expect him back for the playoff run either. But Isaiah Pacheco is back for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is expected to play in Week 16. He had a cleanup operation in his shoulder, the same shoulder he had surgery on this offseason. But Isaiah Pacheco is back. Isaiah Pacheco is RB1 once again, though. Clyde Edwards-Elair did show some juice, some spunk, some fun. Clyde Edwards-Elair with that touchdown pass, CEH. Now he's going to be relegated back to RB3 behind Isaiah Pacheco. Jarek McKinnon, still the receiving back, who, by the way, throws a touchdown pass, has a touchdown of his own as well. Well done. Jarek McKinnon filling in for Isaiah Pacheco. Not sure Jarek McKinnon's run for the playoffs is over. Probably be a split as they ease Isaiah Pacheco back into the workload. We'll see what happens with Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman is in concussion protocol after that brutal, absolutely brutal shot that he took from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Keanu Neal, I believe, was the offender. He has been suspended. We'll talk about that later with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know people are upset. Well, you know, the quarterback threw a bad ball. The receiver laid out for it. The receiver shouldn't be awarded for that. But we can't just have... NFL players decapitating each other anymore. It's 2023 in the interest of player safety. I understand you don't want it to be a completion. Sometimes it's just a completion. If you want the NFL to continue the way it is. So Michael Pittman in concussion protocol, we wish him a speedy recovery. Jaden Mickens is signed to the team to replace Michael Pittman or just in fear that he could miss this week. Also worked out Jarvis Landry though, chose not to sign the former Dolphins, Browns and Saints receiver. Colts also might be without Zach Moss. He has a shoulder injury, plans to play. We'll see how that shakes out in practice tomorrow. Zach Moss 
is hopefully Zach Moss is at practice tomorrow. Jonathan Taylor, we're hoping, could return this week. That's what everyone has been really hoping for with the thumb injury. He had surgery. Jonathan Taylor expected to come back at some point during the regular season. Fantasy gamers hoping it's this week, especially if Zach Moss ends up missing time with his shoulder injury. Chargers, also without Keenan Allen today, did not practice. So Keenan Allen with the heel injury, that worries me just a little bit after he missed last week. And especially when season's over for the Chargers, it doesn't really matter at this point. Justin Herbert's done. Easton Stick not carrying them to the playoffs, even if they're still mathematically still in it technically, I think. Either way, don't expect to have Keenan Allen for round two of the playoffs. Chargers is going to be without Will Clapp for the rest of the year. He is on injured reserve with a knee injury. He was the backup center, starting center, but also on injured reserve. Speaking of Chargers players going on injured reserve, by the way, J.C. Jackson, who was traded to the New England Patriots from the Los Angeles Chargers. J.C. Jackson signed that massive contract with the Chargers last year, played poorly, got injured, came back, played poorly, pissed off the team, and then was traded back to the Patriots. He is now on the non-football injury list. His season presumably over. Cole Strange also headed to injured reserve. His season is over as well. Though the Patriots do add Keyshawn Vaughn, former Buccaneers running back. They sign him to the active roster. They also sign Kevin Harris to the active roster. So we'll see how the backfield of the New England Patriots shakes out. Ramondre Stevenson done for the year, even if... He could return this week. He's missed the past two games with a high ankle sprain. Sometimes you see running backs come back after just two games. Sometimes they come back missing three games. At this point, no reason to bring Ramondre Stevenson back. Just let him heal. Let him get healthy. Like the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills getting healthy. Daquan Jones, their starting defensive tackle. He is back. His injured reserve time is over 21-day practice window for Daquan Jones has opened up. Though the Bills do not expect to see Matt Milano, their all-pro linebacker, he is not expected to return this season. He'll be back next year, not expected to come back even with a deep playoff run. Unlike the Detroit Lions, Detroit Lions get CJGJ, CD Deuce, the artist formerly known as Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He did legally change his name to CD Deuce. He is off injured reserve last year's interception leader for the NFL, now has 21 days to return to NFL game action. And it looks like he might return against the Minnesota Vikings this week, though the Lions could choose to slow play it and let him heal up a little bit longer, get a little bit more time. If he, Malafonwu, played very well at safety this past week after taking over for Tracy Walker, who got benched, we'll see how things shake out for the Detroit Lions in the secondary, whether CD Deuce returns this week. Fullback Jason Cabinda also off the injured reserve as well. He's looking to return. And Hendon Hooker also activated to the main roster. And instead, the Lions cut their kicker, Riley Patterson. He lost the job to the money badger, Michael Badley, who was on the practice squad. Now he's going to be the starting kicker. Eventually, they'll have to cut or put someone on IR to make room for him to sign him off the practice squad. But for now, the money badger is the starting kicker, Riley Patterson, who played so well for the Lions until two weeks ago, missed one field goal. And apparently that was it. Competition won by Michael Badgley. He is now the kicker for the Detroit Lions. Hendon Hooker, now QB3 for the Detroit Lions. And now Sam Laporta about to come the second rookie in the modern NFL era to catch 10 touchdowns in a season. 
The only other one to do it is Odell Beckham Jr. This is not a tight end stat. This is a overall pass catcher stat. Sam Laporta, dynasty tight end one. Bunch of quarterback changes that are going to be happening this week. The Minnesota Vikings are not making a change at quarterback. Nick Mullins is going to be the starter against those Detroit Lions. Ty Chandler might not be the starter, but he's going to have a big role going forward. They still like Alexander Madison. They're still singing his praises, but come on. It is clear and obvious to anyone who watches football, anyone who watches the games, anyone who looks at advanced metrics. Ty Chandler is just better than Alexander Madison. So I hope he's the starting running back. We are going to see Nick Mullins as starting quarterback for the Falcons. Going to be Taylor Heineke as QB one. Another QB change has been made. Desmond Ritter has been benched for a second time. Desmond Ritter starts the season as quarterback. Then he's benched for Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke is benched. Be- well, it was confusing because Taylor Heineke didn't play particularly well in one of the games. Then he suffers a hamstring injury. So obviously he's not the quarterback anymore because he can't practice for the whole week. And so they turn back to Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter has a good spell. He's the quarterback for a while. Now Desmond Ritter benched for a second time. Taylor Heineke is the starter for the Falcons. Arthur Smith, not expected to be on the hot seat though. Even if the Falcons miss the playoffs, they do not think that Arthur Smith is going to be fired. He might die. As Arthur Smith says, we will die trying to make sure we get this right. But Arthur Smith, probably still going to be the coach of the Falcons next year, even if he dies. And for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mason Rudolph is looking like he's going to be QB1 unless Kenny Pickett can return to the lineup. Kenny Pickett does practice on Tuesday for the first time since undergoing surgery to repair his high ankle sprain. It was listed as a two to four week injury. It's been two weeks. I think the Steelers are going to play it safe. They're going to bring Kenny Pickett along. So it looks like we're going to get Mason Rudolph at least one game as the starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And for the rest of the Pittsburgh Steelers, not such good news. Minka Fitzpatrick is out with a knee injury. Cam Hayward is in concussion protocol, so he is probably out. And DeMonte Casey, sorry, I misspoke on who the suspended player for the Pittsburgh Steelers is. I said Keanu Neal. It was DeMonte Casey getting those former Falcon safeties played up who both played for the Pittsburgh Steelers too. But Casey is going to be suspended. Tom Brady is livid, unhappy with the suspension. Oh, well. Is what it is. You can't have that in the modern NFL. Giants will start Tommy DeVito this week. One more week for the Italian Stallion. Giants and Danny DeVito might have a new quarterback one. We'll see what happens in training camp next year. Is it Daniel Jones? Is it Tommy DeVito? Is it Jaden Daniels? Let us know what you think. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.